Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of Arise with Amber. Thank you guys so much for joining me. As always, I am glad to have you here. I'm glad to have you start your Sunday before church, after church, or whatever day or time that you're listening to this podcast. I'm glad that you're here. I am in the middle of hosting a Bible study on Job with my friend group, and I selected this study because I just, we came to a place where it seemed like every time Granger and I would talk about, you know, our friends or what was going on, it seemed like every single person in our lives was going through some sort of grief or suffering or pain or distance from God or wilderness season or something. And it just, I just said, you know what, I really want to do a study on Job. I feel like so many people were hurting or in need of prayer or were pulling away from God or um, were just angry and had so many questions. And all of my friend group are, were in different places in our faith. And I just felt like Job would be a good place to start um, for anybody who may be even new to Bible study. So we're doing um, Job. It's called this, The Story of Unlikely Joy. And that has been... It's been a blessing so far. We're only on week two. We're heading into week three. But I've just seen the the goodness of God so much in my life, and I've seen it in the lives of others. And I just want to tell people all about God and, and the hope that we have in Him and and want to point people to where truth and hope is found, and that's Jesus and, and the books of the Bible. Um, so I felt like that would be a good place to start because our view of God, as I've said before, our view of God truly shapes how we live our lives. It shapes how we treat people in relationships. It shapes how we enter in and endure through suffering. It really truly shapes everything about the way we live is our view of God. Um, Our minds are a battlefield. And so today I want to talk about, you know, what, what are we saying to ourselves? What are we allowing other people to speak into us? What are we allowing the enemy in and what he is saying? So I want to pray first and, and ask the Holy Spirit for help. And then I want to talk about what are you saying? Well, Lord, we thank you for the gift of another day. God, I just, I thank you for the rain right now. We're in Texas and I thank you for this, for this rain. We've needed it so badly. Lord, I pray for... Everyone who's here, who's listening, God, we know that you place them here for a purpose and that nothing by you is by accident, Lord, that that you purpose everything for a time and a season. You have a plan and a purpose for everything under heaven. So, Lord, I ask for you to, to help me by your spirit today to speak the truth of your word and to draw people to what is truth, what is hope. What are we saying to ourselves? What are we allowing people to speak into us, God? And I just thank you for this time together in in a world where we can gather this way, where we can be on different opposite ends of the earth and be able to have fellowship with each other. So thank you, Lord. I I ask that you guide my conversation today, and I just ask that you be with all of those who are hurting right now. Um, Draw them to you. Guard them. Protect them like your word promises that you do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so as I was saying, our, our minds are... A battlefield and we face so many different thoughts just in our normal daily lives like even if we're having a good day we have thoughts that rattle through our brain and they could be thoughts of our own conscience they can be uh, thoughts from the enemy they can be prompts and feelings from the holy spirit so more so do we have to be careful on the hard days when we are grieving or when we are angry or sad or in a wilderness season when we're in seasons of pain 
it matters what we're thinking and it matters what we're speaking over ourselves, what we're allowing other people in the world to speak into us. If we don't take every thought captive and replace it with truth, we are in trouble because there is a war going on every single day for our souls. And there's a war in, in, in you know, the battle in our minds. There's a war going on. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you stuck, than to keep you repeating negative thoughts or negative you know, lies into your mind. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself rather than talking to yourself? So he says, take those thoughts that come to you in the morning, right when you wake up. You have not originated them, but they're talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday, etc. Somebody is talking. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Or someone more sinister, I would like to add. The enemy. He loves to get in our minds and in our thoughts. And he loves to berate us, like I said, with those negative lies and those accusations. When we lost Riv, I, I was bombarded with horrible thoughts with horrible images and, and accusations. And I was either talking to myself or I, I was allowing the enemy to have a hold in my mind. And, you know, I was, I was feeling things and hearing things like, you're a terrible mother. You failed. You didn't pray hard enough. You made the wrong choice when you were in the hospital. Your children will never, ever recover from this. Your life will never be the same. I was, I was, I was repeating those things over and over in my mind. And, you know, our kids, my kids will say things to me sometimes and, and I have to remind them that's not, that's not the truth. That's not true. What you're, what you're speaking to yourself is not true. You know, just for instance, something light, if they miss, if they miss a problem on their homework, you know, sometimes one of them will say, oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. And I have to remind them that is not the truth. Just because you're feeling a certain way does not mean that it's true. What is in our minds most of the time, so much of the time, we're not speaking truth to ourselves. So while we may feel a certain way, our feelings are, are fleeting, our feelings are deceptive, and God's truth, God's word is the truth that is everlasting. So we need to stop listening to ourselves and we need to start talking to ourselves. The rest of the Martin Lloyd quote says, in Psalm 42, the psalmist writes, why art thou cast down, O my soul, he asks. You know, his soul, his mind, his thoughts, they have been depressing them, depressing him. They had been, you know, crushing him. So he stands up and he says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. And he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So when our feelings are deceptive, when our feelings are, 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 are when we're, the enemy is speaking lies into our minds, we need to declare truth. Psalm 91 reads, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The next verse says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Some versions of this will say, I will say of the Lord instead of this I declare. But I love the version of this I declare. Because when you declare something, you boldly claim it. You, you have confidence in it. And we have to, to not only remember to trust the word of God and to, to believe it in our heart, but to declare it, to speak it out loud, to speak it to ourselves. Verse 3 reads, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you. 
With his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. That verse, just those three verses there, they encompass trust and shelter that we can find in God. And that it's the trust and the shelter and the security that he provides for his children. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of strength, but tenderness. And I think of like our kids, when they're sad or scared or hurt, they run right to us. And that's just a picture of what a mom or a father, you do. You wrap your arms around, you wrap your wings around them and you, you pull them in and you comfort them. And they, they, you know, Maverick right now gets in my little nook in my neck. And that's, that's a vision of, of strength and tenderness. You know, I, you want to be strong and protect them, but it's a tenderness in, in holding them and sheltering them and shielding them and loving them. And so I just love that. It says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. We're going to face hard times. We're going to face awful times. Jesus tells us that. I feel like I've used that that scripture so much where Jesus says, in this world, you will have trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, I, I imagine him saying, in this world, you will have heartbreak. You will have betrayal. You will have sickness. You might have depression or anxiety. You will face job loss, probably. You might have to bury someone that you love dearly. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We must speak these truths over ourselves, especially when the enemy wants to fill our minds with lies. And I, I was studying, you know, Psalm 91, and that's the verse that Satan used against God in the wilderness. You know, when the enemy comes at us and he's twisting things around, he's twisting scripture, we must declare what is promised and what is written, just as Jesus did. He said, it is written. And that verse that he that he spoke was about the angels, um, about the angels coming to to save him. But that's what Satan does. He likes to just twist things around. You know, he he comes disguised as an angel of light, and he speaks just these lies and deceptions. But sometimes they can be laced with little bits of truth, but they're twisted. And that's just the way that he is. He's just a deceiver and he's an accuser and he's a liar. So there's power. There's power in speaking God's promises back to himself. There's power in speaking God's promises to yourself, aloud to yourself. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, when someone tells you something enough, you start to believe it. Well, that's true. And that's especially true if you start and you begin to speak truth over your situation and over your circumstances and over your life. The more you speak truth over it, the more you're going to believe it. The more you're going to walk in confidence and boldness in the truth of what God's word says. The more that we remember everything that he's brought us through, the more that we declare it, the more that we bring it to mind, the more that we will remember that he will do it again. That yes, yes, this life is hard. Yes, we will face trials. Yes, we will face pain. But God brought me through that and God never left me and God will do it again. So we need to shut out the negative talk that we are either speaking over ourselves, that we're letting the world speak to us, that we're letting the media speak to us. Shut out all the negative and replace it with what we know to be true about the word of God. Open your Bible. Open your Bible and pray to know him and ask for wisdom. Ask for comfort, ask for guidance, ask for his presence, 
ask for revelation about a situation and, and ask for revelation about who he is. Because that's what we're missing. That's what we need to know is who God is. Because once you know who the true God of scripture is, like it says in Proverbs, you laugh without fear of the future. I mean, we don't, we don't laugh in our, our hard circumstances, but we can know, we can laugh because we can say, God's got it. God's got me. And I trust him. What we speak over ourselves and what we choose to see, our perception, what we choose to focus on, it determines how we live and it determines how we walk through the things in this fallen world. Are we going to play the victim? Are we going to stay stuck and blame everyone else around us and just play the victim? Or like I said, are we going to laugh without fear of the future? Like the Proverbs 31 woman, because we know the one that holds it all together. So we're not afraid of the future. There are things that make us fearful in this world. But at, at the end of the day, we know who wins and we know what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. And there's, there's something different about someone who, who confidently walks with God. They have you know, a calmness about them. There's not much that can get them riled up or, or angry or fearful or, or loud. Or, you know, there's, just, there's just not much that rattles them. You know, that it seems like they just can't be shaken because they know who they serve. And they know that he is in control and they trust, they trust him. They're not perfect, you know, and they're not without fault. They're not without pain. They're not without sadness or suffering, but they lay it at the feet of the healer. They lay it at the feet of the one that they know holds it all together. They walk with and grieve with hope. So Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Guys, you were created in the image of God, and he loves you, and he sees you, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're never, ever alone, and you need to repeat those promises to yourself even when your flesh is telling you something different, and you need to know that he's coming back, and and what what would change about your life if you lived like you believed it. If you lived like you believed that you were formed, you were created in the image of God, that he laid down his life for you, that he he lived a perfect sinless life that we couldn't, that he took the wrath of God that we deserve. You know, your sins were nailed to the cross. He he gave himself up as a substitute for you so that you could have life and forgiveness and hope in him. And he was buried and resurrected and he lives and he's coming back. And he has a plan for you. So what what would change about your life if you lived every day like that were true? So that's what I want you guys to do. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Stop letting the media, stop letting people around you, stop letting the world, stop letting unbelievers, stop letting the enemy, stop letting your fleeting heart tell you how you're feeling and how to live your life and start walking in the truth of God's word. If you are in Christ, if you have been transformed, if you are believing on him for your salvation and he is Lord over your life, then you are secure. You are secure. You are not forgotten. You are never alone. And this is not your only home. This life is so short. This life is a vapor and you have eternity. And our Lord is unchanging and he is faithful and he is dependable. So walk in those truths. Psalm 91 calls us to remember that 
we have security. We have security in God. We can take refuge in him and in those times of trouble, and we can trust him with all our heart. We can trust that when we go to him, he's going to shield us. He's going to shelter us. He's not going to take away all the pain. He's not going to, he's not going to wipe it out or never, never, we're never going to not, we're never going to not go through suffering, but we can be, we can be sure and we can feel secure that he is our refuge and he is our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. So let us all, all say that he is our refuge. He is our fortress and the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against him and no storm can, can take him out and no enemy can break through that fortress. Say, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You guys are chosen. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.